News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. As always, that's the telephone number. And guys, if you want to be up to date on everything going on in and around the Charlotte area, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And if you've been following me on X, you would have realized the news that I broke earlier this afternoon about the major shakeups and changes going on at CMS. And we'll get into that in a little bit later. And I mentioned this earlier this afternoon, a couple hours ago, a few hours ago on Brett Winnable's show. And I'm not the world's biggest weather geek. Now, I will tell you, I always check the weather to see exactly what the temperature is or if it's raining outside or what's going on. Like, I I do that diligently. And I do that when I travel. I was like, okay, what's the weather going to be like while I'm there? You know, overseas, overseas in Europe, whatever. But I'm not like one of those people that is obsessed with the weather. I, I'm just not. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious. I want to know what's going on immediately right now. And then if something major is going to happen, then fine. Tell me later on or tell me what's going to happen if something big is going to happen that I need to know about. Well, we need to know about this. And the reason we're going to talk about the weather coming up later, starting, I think, later tonight, around 1 a.m. or so, with the sleet and the freezing rain and the potential snow, especially for, like, the upper Piedmont and western Piedmont and then going up towards the mountains and everything like that, is because I don't remember having one of these last year. I don't remember the wintry mix really coming in our area last year. I could be wrong. I just don't remember it. I remember it a couple of years ago and three years ago, but I don't really remember it happening last year. So there is going to be ice. Like the snow thing, people can handle snow. That's not what I worry about. Like, and most people shouldn't worry about it. It's the ice and the freezing rain. Now, granted, there's not going to be a lot of people driving around at two o'clock in the morning or three in the morning when it's icing outside. But it's still going to be icy most likely tomorrow morning when you wake up. So I just wanted to have this weather report out here to let you guys know what we can expect. And here is WBTV that did a very, very extensive and really good weather report on what to expect tonight and through the weekend. Let's turn our attention to the weather situation this afternoon as we are taking a look at the Charlotte skyline from our HD Tower Cam. That is a Chamber of Commerce picture right there because it looks glorious outside. Uh, sun really out there shining. We see those wispy clouds out there, but it is... It is a little cold. Don't it's you a know? winter sky, that is for sure. And we yeah. have first alert meteorologist Alicia Wilson with us. You guys have been really busy over the last couple of days yeah. getting ready for this mm-hmm. day tomorrow. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, we're expecting things to get even busier, especially yeah. for tomorrow. So we're tracking freezing rain, sleet, and snow, especially for the mountains and the foothills as far as the wintry precipitation goes in the Charlotte metro area. It's going to be a cold rain, but nonetheless, we just want to remind you to take it easy if you have to be out on the roadway. Ways. You definitely want to stay inside and if you can and let this system just pass because there will be some icing, especially for the mountains and the foothills. So tomorrow is a first alert weather day. We're looking at cold conditions sticking around at least through tomorrow morning before they start to climb above the freezing mark. This afternoon, we're mostly
mostly sunny. We're dry. The clouds are going to be on the increase as we go throughout the day and our high temperatures are going to be topping out into the mid to upper 40s. We do have a winter weather advisory that's going to go into effect at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. With that, we're going to be tracking the potential for upwards of an inch of snow across Ashwatauga, Avery County, also even Burke and Caldwell counties. But the farther south, you could see some icing upwards of a quarter of an inch of ice will be possible. Even some sleet from Cleveland County to Alexander County, also Rowan County, as those temperatures will be at or below the freezing mark. So we've got high pressure in place right now. That's what's helping to keep us mostly sunny and dry. But this area of high pressure is sliding on off towards the east. And with that, we're starting to see some more cloud cover pushing in. The main storm system that's going to bring us the wet weather is still pushing slowly off towards the east off the coast of Texas and Louisiana. This is driving in some moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico as it pushes farther towards the northeast. That's when we'll see our area blanketed pretty much with the wet weather for tomorrow morning and the ice and the snow that we're expecting for our northwestern cities. So we're dry for today, tomorrow morning into the afternoon hours. That's when we have the rain pushing in along with the sleet, the snow and even the freezing rain. So you're likely going to be dealing with some slick roadways from the mountains all the way down to the northern half of Iredale County, getting into Catawba, also Lincoln, Cleveland counties as well and Gaston counties. The farther south and east you are, you're going to see minimal impacts with some cold rain, but also possibly some sleet mixing in in time. So the farther south you are, that's where you'll see less impacts from the wintry precipitation. But the farther north you are and it's colder, that's where you'll see the higher impacts from the wintry precipitation. So here we are. 3 a.m. in the morning. That's where you're seeing the shading of the pink there, expecting some heavy sleet at times, some snow mixing in, and also with the temperatures at or below freezing, you'll get some icing, but rain expected all across Mecklenburg County and across the upstate of South Carolina. This will start to taper off by mid-morning, so it's going to be a fast mover, and by the afternoon hours, it's all out of here. And we're starting to see a clearing line back towards Morganton and Lenore. That will continue to be the case as we get into Saturday night going into Sunday morning. But there will be some wraparound moisture with this. So we'll get some snow showers across the mountains, Ashwatauga and Avery counties there. So as far as ice accumulation goes, we'll see upwards of a quarter of an inch of ice across the mountains and parts of the foothills. But you can see in the Charlotte metro area. Not expecting much in the way of any icing or any at all. So tomorrow's a fresh alert weather day, high of 45, mostly sunny and dry, 56 on Sunday, and we'll be tracking another round of rain by Tuesday. Some really, really good stuff there. I really like the weather person there at WBTV. Now let's look on over what's going on in the mountains where you can actually expect the snow, because I know a lot of you go up north towards the mountains, towards Boone, Asheville, Beach Mountain, Stuff like that, Ski Beach, you know, as they always like to say, Ski Beach, Ski Beach. I always thought that was a great name, by the way. But here's what's going to happen going on up in the mountains tonight and this weekend, which if you're interested in skiing, looks like you're going to have some great, great weather for skiing. Skiers and snowboarders are looking forward to some possible snowfall. Mountain resort officials say they really could use a few more inches. Will they get it? Well, we've got Queen City News reporter Savannah Rudisell in Blowing Rock this morning with a look at what the storm could mean for traffic up on the slopes. Good morning, Savannah. 
Hey, good morning, Jason and Ann Wyatt. It's certainly cold enough right now if any of those flurries were to fall that they'd definitely stick. But when we talk to the people who keep those mountain trails running all season long, they say sometimes it's really just the cold that they need. In addition to the handmade snow that, of course, always helps when it's a little bit colder, uh, they say that they've had about 10 inches of natural snowfall. And most of that happening in December, which they say is a pretty great month for them. They're hoping that this weekend might start off January uh, and as on a pretty good note, but they say that they're really ready for whatever this weekend could bring. So we're just kind of waiting, you know, the motto in the mountains is if you don't like the weather, you just wait five minutes and it's going to change. So we are ready for whatever it brings. Now, resort crews say they're pretty grateful to the North Carolina DOT and the town of Beach Mountain's efforts to keep the roads up to the slopes as clear as possible and accessible. Now, we are keeping our eyes on other resorts here around our uh, region. Now, we're going to show you what kind of snowfall they're looking at the bases of Beach Mountain in a ski report coming up in our next hour of Queen City News. Reporting live in Blowing Rocks, Van Rudisell, Queen City News. So there you have it. And like I said, it's really rare for me to do big weather things unless you think something dramatic is going to happen or something that we haven't seen in a long time is actually going to happen. I never like those things like, oh my gosh, it's raining outside. Be careful. Like, of course you, it's raining outside. You have eyeballs. You can see if it's dry, if you're driving around that you're needing to use your windshield wipers. You can hear the thunder. You can see the lightning. I don't need to tell you that, but maybe I need to tell you what's coming forward in terms of ice or snow, wintry mix, something like that. Cause we don't get it very often, or at least we haven't. Not in the most recent years. I think, I think two years ago we got some, a little bit, but I don't remember anything of happening of that uh, significance last year. All right, so when we come back, let's get into some of the CMS stuff and some of the stories that I broke about CMS earlier this afternoon. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to a Friday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110. And guys, I say this all the time. Follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And if you have been following me on X, then you would understand some of the news that I broke earlier this afternoon about CMS. Many of you may not care about CMS, a good many of you do because there are 141,000 students, which means there are at least 141,000 moms or dads out there and probably closer to about 250,000, 275,000 moms and dads that are concerned about their children being at CMS, not including the, what, 10,000, 11,000 employees of CMS. So a lot of things going on at CMS. And the news that I broke is this. Dr. Crystal Hill, the superintendent, She's been on the job almost exactly one year. Almost exactly one year she's been on the job as superintendent. The first six months was as interim superintendent. The last six months as full-time superintendent as the school board gave her a, the job after much contentiousness and fighting amongst the school board. They, get, they, they just finally gave in and gave it to her. And I say gave in because a couple of the members on the school board actually gave in Gave, gave up their position to actually vote for her in the end to try and end the stalemate. And that's exactly what happened, and I'm not joking. But anyways, so Dr. Crystal Hill is the superintendent. And I equate being the superintendent 
of a school district, sort of like that of being a football coach. If a football coach is hired, be it the college level or the pro level, they want to bring in their own assistants. They don't want to be told, oh, well, you have to use this, all these assistant coaches from the previous regime. They don't want that. They want to implement their own style and their own standard and their own ways of doing things, their own offense, their own defense, everything like that. Well, that's what Crystal Hill has done. She's brought in a lot of her friends, people that she's known for a very, very long time, some of them very long time. Some of them are very close to her, and they've brought them in from Gaston County and Cabarrus Counties and a couple other counties, and they're all making a boatload of money, a boatload. She brought them in to help reorganize, to help her change CMS. Now, CMS has been an unmitigated disaster for at least five years, at least. And I said earlier on Brett Winnable's show that CMS goes through superintendents like I go through breath mints. They're just nonstop, one right after the other, one right after the other, for various reasons. But it's just nonstop a turnstile as a superintendent for the 17th biggest school district in the country. And one that is two-thirds minority. So Dr. Crystal Hill started implementing some of the big changes today. And one of them is that she is going to, she's starting to reassign a lot of executives and administrators. And I have some of the names, but I'm not saying the names because I don't know if they've all been told yet. And I don't want them to have to find out from me. But a lot of the executives and administrators are being reassigned to brand new positions, positions that were just created out of thin air to put them in. And Winnable used the term sort of like Siberia. Yeah, we're going to put you in this position and we're just going to let you spend the rest of your time at CMS in this position, never to be seen or heard from ever again. This is where you are going forward. Now, they're not taking pay cuts because this, you know, there are a lot of these people are under contract. So they're being put into these brand new, newly created positions, and their old positions are being done away with. Now, was there a lot of fat that probably needed to be trimmed at CMS? A hundred percent. Again, if CMS was so good, they wouldn't have gone through like 18 superintendents in like, I don't know, like I'm making that up. I'm being you know hyperbolic, but they wouldn't have gone through like eight superintendents in like 12 years or 14 years or whatever it is, or 15 years, like something insane. So... All that being said, Crystal Hill has started it today, the purge today of reassigning people, creating new positions, eliminating positions, and someone described it to me as, quote, a slaughter. It's a slaughter. And that's pretty strong terminology to use. Now, if people aren't losing their jobs, then I don't classify it as a slaughter. If you're still getting paid the same, even though you're being shipped off into Never Never Land, like I said, never to be seen or heard from again, like, who cares? Like, if uh, if you were an administrator and you're making $150,000 a year or $200,000 a year and they shipped you off and created some job where you just basically have no say-so or input or authority, but you're still making the same job and your life just became a lot easier, okay, great. Especially if you're in the back, back end of your career, who cares? Who cares? But if you, they know that basically, hey, you're going to be here Short term, and then we'll reevaluate at the end of the year, June 30th, because all contracts run through June 30th. Then, then you need to start worrying. But Crystal is bringing in her own people. And that's what a lot of people do, whether it's, you know, as 
a, head, a football coach or whether it's the CMS superintendent or it's in other facets of life. You want your people. Now, the question is, how is Crystal Hill running the show? Does she have anyone in her group, in her group of friends that she brought in at the highest levels to say, no, this is a bad idea. David Tepper doesn't have that. Michael Jordan didn't have that. Does Crystal Hill have someone willing to say, Crystal, that is a horrible, horrible idea. It will blow up in your face if you do this. I don't know. You would think if she's bringing in friends, maybe that would be the case. So that is a safety valve. If you've got someone to tell you no, that's a safety valve. But at the same point, you need to make sure that you are the one in charge. You're the big cheese. And even though all your friends are there, they're not the ones controlling you. You have to make sure you control them and not the other way around. So because she's good friends with them, is she afraid to discipline them? Is she afraid to scold them? I don't know. I don't know. How would you be with your friends? That's the question because these are her friends and they're all getting paid an extreme high amount of money for those positions. Nonetheless, we'll see what happens going forward. I mean, CMS needed an overhaul. We'll see if this is a good overhaul. I've been told of many more changes coming, but I'm just not reporting that yet because I don't have it locked down that it's actually going to happen. We'll see. You start hearing things and a lot of other things, but I had, what, four separate people reach out to me and tell me about the purge that started happening today. So anyways, we'll get into that and we'll just see what happens going forward. We'll see what transpires with CMS over the next week or two as these changes start being implemented. All right, when we come back, it's Panthers Friday. Bryce Young giving one of his last press conferences of the year. You're definitely going to want to hear it. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Right now, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Anna Erickson. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on Breaking with Brett Jensen going up until 8 o'clock tonight. Okay, so look, it has been a few months for David Tepper. Actually, it's been quite, it's almost been about a year for David Tepper. Between, you know, firing Matt Rule last year in the middle of the season and then not hiring Steve Wilkes when a lot of local people wanted him to hire Steve Wilkes, it was the right job not to hire him. I truly will believe that, and I will say that until I'm blue in the face, until I'm Panther blue in the face, if you will. Then the big trades to get the number one draft pick from Chicago. And then they pick Bryce Young. A lot of people were upset with that because they think he's just too small. 5'10 and a half, 190 pounds. Your starting quarterback, that's smaller than me. And that's scary. And then obviously hiring Frank Reich. And then firing Frank Reich in the middle of the season. And now you got the interim again. And then he threw the drink on the fan this past weekend and got fined $300,000. It has been a year. For the Carolina Panthers. Well, Bryce Young is one of the subjects of a lot of people's debate and discussion on whether or not he's the right guy for the job. Well, Bryce Young had one of his last press conferences of the year going into the last game of the season, which is going on this this weekend. So here is Bryce Young, because I want you to hear a lot of the questions about him. David Tepper, his growth as a quarterback. And because, look, this is who the Carolina Panthers are going to be with at least for one more year and probably two more years at the very least because they got to figure out if he can play because 
no one can play behind this offensive line and these wide receivers. So it's not that it's hard to tell because you just don't know how good he's going to be because he doesn't have anything to work with. But here's what Bryce Young had to say during his press conference this week. Um, no, I, you know, I didn't come in with any expectations. I didn't, you know, everything was new, just like I'd imagine it would be for, for any rookie. Um, I didn't, you know, I'm, you know, you're, we're still trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure stuff out. Um, you know, we're all trying to work through things. So I didn't, I didn't come in having this, this picture of what it would look like. Um, you know, I'm super grateful to be where I'm at. I'm super grateful for the journey. Um, you know, obviously not everything this year has, has gone the way that, you know, maybe we have planned it. Um, but I do believe everything happens for a reason. Um, so I'm grateful to be, to be where I'm at. So that's kind of just how I look at it. When you're in the thick of it, can you get a sense of what the reasons may be as to some of the early, um, just early challenges that you face in your rookie season? Um, I don't, I don't think really that's something for me to, for me to determine or to understand. Um, you know, I try to be where my feet are, try to figure out the stuff that I can't control, what I can work on, what I can try to attack and try to be better at. It's kind of what I put my my focus on and my energy towards. But big picture stuff, um, you know, I don't believe that that's in my control. I don't believe that's something that is up to me and. I don't think it's something that I have to understand or get right in the in in the moment. You know, I trust God. I trust the process. Um, so again, you know, maybe not exactly the way that we all plan, but at the end of the day, again, I, I believe um, I'm here for a reason. We're all here for a reason. Everything's happened for a reason. So I trust in that. Right. When you when you were down the other day, was there ever a moment in your mind where you thought you might miss some time or have to come out for a little bit? Uh, no, that it, that that wasn't the case. Um, you know, just. Took a just took a took a hard took a hard hit, kind of just an awkward, um, uh, just a you know just just an awkward hit that you know took a little bit longer to get up from. But after that, um, was able to walk back to the sideline. Um, you know, went the tent for a second, everything was all good, and you know I, I just wanted to do everything I could to, to get back. I was always you know it was, not, it was nothing serious, which uh, definitely is a blessing. Um, so I was grateful for that, and then just just you know want to keep going after. Done to kind of prepare yourself to, to fall, for lack of a better word. I mean, some guys talk about knowing how to fall. Have you done anything? Um, nothing, nothing specific. Um, you know, you just get a feel of playing the sport. I don't know if that's a quarterback specific thing, but just in football, obviously, you know, the more you get hit, the more you fall or whatever. Um, obviously, it, you know, you get, I guess, a little more accustomed to it, um, but there's nothing specific in, in that, that area. Right. So, so much was made through the pre draft process of about your size and your durability and all that sort of stuff. Is there, like, obviously you don't want to take any sacks all season, but is there any sort of sense of you that's like, hey, like, I show my, not just my emotional, like, my physical toughness as well? Um, not really. Um, again, there's always going to be narratives and, and thought process and people are, have, you know, have things to think about, um, which is part of the sport. Um, but for me, that was never something that was on my mind. Um, you know, I'm not out there to prove anything wrong or to, to make a point. Um, you know, I, I've always just been focused on trying to do the best that I can at my job, uh, you know, try to help the team, try to focus what I can control. Um, that's something that never really fell in that that category. Um, so it wasn't really something that was a, a big focus for me. Right. I apologize if you didn't ask already, but got in here late. What if your owner was in the news this week for things he, you know, throwing a drink on the fan? What was your impression from that? Um, well, I know he he put out a statement about it. Um, so you know, I don't I don't really have anything to add. After There's that. no real apology in the statement. I mean, yeah, I I'd be honest, you know, I I just I, I know he has a statement out. So um, again, I don't really have anything to add. Bryce on Tepper. Uh, 
think you guys got fairly close during the, the pre-draft process. Have you had any discussions with him about sort of, uh, has he given you any indication that he'll keep you in the loop as they look to bring in the next head coach? Um, really, it's been, you know, we've all just been focused on, on week-to-week stuff. Um, that's where my head's at. That's where we've been, that's what, you know, the, the conversations have had between me and the coaches and trying to figure out, um, you know, just day-to-day how we can get better each day, getting prepared for, for the next opponent, um, and that that's how, it, how it's been. But as, as you guys move to postseason or, you know, off-season, do you think, um, have you gotten any indication that you will be, kept in the loop and has anyone like Dave said hey we're going to make this right we're going to get you more weapons we're going to get you more anything along those lines I mean yeah I mean um, you know Mr. Tepper and, and everyone's coming in and everyone's committed to, to getting to, you know to, to making the things better you know getting things right we all have that you know I know at the front office Mr. Tepper and, and everyone up there they have the, the commitment to, to want to improve to want to you know we we want to win um, you know obviously um, you know we we, we want to have have success in the future um, you know we want to we want to win so I know that they're they're all hands on deck and, and want to do whatever it takes so I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of the organization and things like that. Price, the final game of the season I know the goal is to win but what do you really want to see out of yourself and from the offense this time? Uh, I just just growth um, you know this is you know like you said it's gonna be the last game of the year but um, you know really just we want to go out there and you know not worry about the circumstances worry about the you know the week before the week after just be where our feet are and you know and, and give our all and leave it out on the field um, so it's really the really the mindset you were, you were kind of apologetic after slamming the tablet which didn't interfere with anybody but yourself and just because you felt like you needed to that's why I'll go back to Tupper on that. I mean, from what you say, you put out a statement, but there was no real apology in that. So, do you feel it was all frustration? Is that a good excuse for doing something like that? Yeah, to be honest with you, I know that he put out a statement. Um, I don't know what the state. I, I didn't. I didn't read the statement, so I, I don't have really the information on it. So I don't want to comment without having all that information. Bryce, how would you assess your season? Um, I assess my season based off of. The you know my job as a quarterback is for us to win games, us to be, um, you know, to, to lead the offense, to lead the team, to win games, and obviously we haven't done that. Um, so there's a lot of things that I have to improve on um, that we have to improve on, um, and you know, there, that's really that's really all there is to go off of. Um, so you know, it's not all not all bad, not all good. Um, you know, there's stuff to, to to build upon, and there's stuff to learn from and, and to grow from. Um, but ultimately, you know, the the reason we're all here why why you know what the league's all about is winning games and I didn't do a good enough job of that at all um you know obviously we have one more week and I want to finish strong um but you know we're, we're still in the thick of it right now we still want to finish so that it, it's all about all about Sunday all right John Rice, speaking of uh, finishing strong you've been through a, a whirlwind this year from the draft to you know all the way to now what have you guys talked about this week and going into this last matchup knowing that this is the last time that a lot of these guys like with a lot of the faces that'll be changing have y'all talked about that and how does that how, what do you feel about that? yeah um you know that's the nature of this business obviously there's there's always movement um you know in the off season no matter where you're at and then obviously of course there's been a lot of stuff already so there's a lot of uncertainty and um 
you know, that, that's the cruel part of the business. I think for us, we've kind of embraced it and looked at this as just that opportunity for us. You know, this is going to be obviously the last time that whatever happens, wherever um, this exact specific group is together. Um, and, you know, I, I love this locker room. I love these guys. We're all really close and, you know, we all enjoy playing with each other. We all enjoy coming to work um, with each other every day. Um, so really just looking at it as this, you know, the, this last opportunity for the locker room to look just like it does now. Um, and, you know, we're grateful to have that opportunity. Was there a time that you got hesitant, like, as far as throws, as far as throws you after the two interceptions in the first game, did that make you hesitant because you didn't want to be known for throwing a lot of interceptions to, to make certain throws for a while during the season? Uh, no. Um, again, my job as a quarterback is to win games, um, you know, lead the team, lead the offense, and for us to win. Um, again, good or bad, there's always going to be narratives about me, about anyone who's playing the position, who's playing the sport. Um, and that's not something that I can, you know, let change my, my plan of attack, let change, you know, how I, how I operate, how I think. Um, you know, I want to do what's, what's best for the team. I want to be, you know, the most efficient. I want to do whatever it takes for us to, us to win. And that, that's the only thing that's, you know, that's driving my decision making. A two-part question. One, um, Chris Tabor said after the game it was lower back for you Sunday. Was that accurate? Yeah. Okay. And then secondly, will you do anything, will you make any focus this offseason about tweaking anything either mechanically or with footwork? Um, you know, well, I haven't gotten to that point. Um, you know, stuff like that comes with, you know, you sit down and you analyze all the film and, um, you know, also seeing what the system is, you know, how things go in the off season of, you know, it's not just I want to do this. This is what I feel like doing. Um, you know, I I'm, I work with you know, and the same thing here. When I got here, you know, you, you talk with the staff. We we talk with um, you know, I'm talking with my coaches. You know, how do we see this? We're watching film. We're putting that stuff together. Um, so it's you know, it's not just like uh, I feel like I want to do this. I feel like I want to. It's a team effort. It's a collaborative effort. And you know, obviously, again, there are some moving pieces. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with with everything. But um, you know. That stuff that all assess after the season. So we might have to wait to see what the next staff, if I heard you correctly, wants to do. I mean, you, you never know. Again, really, it's just it's stuff you assess at the end of the year. Um, right now, I know what my job is for this week. I uh, you know know what the footwork is for you know the stuff we're practicing right now. Um, and then, just like any off season, you know, you reassess. You you go and do a you know you do a self assessment. You you talk with the coaches. You figure out what it's going to be. Um, so that's the plan. That was David Newton of ESPN that was asking the questions on to Bryce Young about his thoughts of David Tepper and throwing the drink and the statement that wasn't an apology. And I said last night, if you're not sorry, don't say you're sorry. Maybe David Tepper actually meant it and is glad he did it. He said, you know what? It's worth $300,000. Screw you for saying whatever it is you were saying because obviously something prompted David Tepper to do that. But nonetheless, Bryce Young, you, you just can't judge him right now. You know, like, you see some flashes of really goodness, and then you see some things that you're going, oh, boy. But I heard someone, a national uh, punt, a national pundit, I should say, a national talk show host the other day, actually yesterday, say what the Panthers did to Bryce Young was malpractice. They put in a rookie quarterback who's undersized, who is the first year in the NFL with no offensive line, and no wide receivers to throw to. How do you expect anyone to succeed or compete in those conditions? So really, really interesting stuff. I, I, I just, I do find it very fascinating. So we'll see what happens. And then after, after the game, I think Monday or Tuesday next week, we will have the Panthers, probably Monday, 
we'll have uh, the exit interviews. And so we'll get a chance to talk to Bryce Young then and some of the other players, many of whom probably won't be here next year and many of whom shouldn't be here next year. All right, everyone, when we come back, let's do a couple more things before we send you off into the weekend, the wet, rainy weekend. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on for a few more minutes here on this Friday night. Before we send you off into the Friday night, cold Friday night, rainy Friday night, rainy Saturday morning, potentially icy Saturday morning. So just be careful when you get up tomorrow morning. I don't need to tell you that. I'm just letting you know. I, I Look, if you get to your car, then you know it's icy. If you don't have a garage, once you open the front door, you'll realize whether or not if it's icy. So you don't need me to tell you all that stuff. The only thing I'd say be careful about, in case you don't know if it's icy, when you open the front door and take that first step, just make sure you're stepping on something that's not icy and you don't slip and fall and bust trying to go down the stairs or the walkway to the driveway. All right, so we've got into a lot of different things tonight. And right now I can tell you, like a new poll just came out talking about how Donald Trump still has a very, very massive commanding lead over Nikki Haley in the state of South Carolina. Not Iowa, not New Hampshire, but South Carolina. The South Carolina primary is February 24th. And I read something today that if people can't gain ground by South Carolina, then it's over. DeSantis is a distant third, a very distant third in South Carolina, but that's to be expected. But it's Iowa and New Hampshire, and then maybe on Super Tuesday. But don't forget, Biden was dead in the water until South Carolina came around. He wins South Carolina, and then he started this massive momentum train going forward. And next thing you know, he's the next president of the United States. So Nikki Haley needs a very strong showing. Ron DeSantis needs a very strong showing in Iowa and New Hampshire. And Nikki Haley's counting on those two states and South Carolina for a massive momentum push. And if she fails miserably in South Carolina, then it's over. Trump will be your nominee, barring him going to federal prison or something like that, which I don't foresee happening between now and November. Here's what I've noticed. A lot of the conservative media are going after Nikki Haley hard. I don't know if it's because they don't want Nikki Haley to uh, potentially beat Donald Trump. I I don't know. I don't know if they think that she's not far enough right. I I I don't know. But a lot of the right conservative media has really been going after Nikki Haley, while a lot of the national media has sort of been propping her up. And I don't know if that's the telltale sign right there. Like, Look, you know it can't be good if the national media is trying to prop you up because we all know there's usually an ulterior motive when it comes to the national media. And as someone who was with the national media, I can tell you that is exactly the case. They can say, oh, we, you know, no, we don't do it. Really? Really? All you need to do is see Ramaswamy's answer to a reporter the other day and the way he came back after her. Will you renounce white supremacy? Boy, he taught her a lesson and just ripped her sideways. And I wish more politicians would do that to really baiting reporters and reporters who really don't have a grasp. You could tell she had no grasp of the topics that she was trying to talk about. But why Why specifically white supremacy, not like everything else? He said, no. He goes, I view and hate and we should you know, get rid of all racism, all racism, period. Without singling anything out, we should get rid of all racism. 
So that was Ramaswamy the other day, and I thought that was actually really brilliant on his part. But the new polls coming out about Nikki Haley, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. Is this race for president on the Republican side going to be over by February 24th? Is it over? Maybe so. And I still think that the Republicans are making a big calculated error. Not not the person in charge, like whatever. But I'm talking about a calculated error by elected Trump. Because the moment he's elected, he becomes a lame duck. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a great night. I'm Brett Jensen. And you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.